Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fox Racing Canada as well as Fox Racing USA, Phoenix Handlebars, Throttle Time Pieces, Guts Racing USA is also with us, and if you're in Australia, they also have Guts Racing Oz on Instagram. Go check those guys out. They've got everything that the Guts USA guys have, uh, Guts Racing USA guys have. But uh, go check those guys out as well. And new for this week, we also have Get Shit Done Coffee. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they are at no, no at they're at uh, the the real home of the hustle on Instagram. Uh, just you can just look up um, Get Shit Done Coffee and uh, Big MX Radio 20 saves you 20 percent on every single order with uh, that coffee brand. So really excited to have those guys on. Uh, excited to be putting out this podcast, something a little bit different than we've done in the past. We're going to basically break down the Supercross race that just happened, San Diego Supercross that just happened uh, this past weekend. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys were watching. Hopefully you guys had sound unless you're in Canada and then you had no commentary, which honestly, personally, I kind of liked. Hello, Tim, who's watching on uh, Instagram Live. So I'm also Instagram Living this, but uh, for those who are listening on the podcast, I'll try not to uh, interact too much with the Instagram Live side of things, um, given the fact there's only four people watching. Um, so if you're not already following on, uh, on on Instagram, please go follow Big MX Radio or Brad Gebhardt 88. Either one works, uh, and I hope that you're all also already playing Big MX Radio Trivia, which is a trivia game that we play every single day that uh, every time you answer correctly, it enters you to win monthly prizes. This uh, this month is a full set of uh, bars, grips, everything you need to uh, for the controls of your motorcycle from our friends over at Phoenix Handlebars. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, as always, I'll be taking you through this review a little bit of the uh, the San Diego Supercross. Really excited to do this for you. Thanks to, to, for, for Grant uh, and the rest of them all signing in for the Instagram Live. Um, but let's just kick this thing op- uh, wide open. So 450s, you have to start off with the guy who grabs his very first win, Chase Sexton. Uh, talked to him in the, the press conference, and he couldn't be more excited, and, and, and justifiably so. Great win for him. Uh, he w- leads 23 laps. And uh, he looked like a, a great odds to win that race all day long. Um, he, he's he's been strong. Um, it's it's this has sort of been uh, some some time coming. You you would have thought he might even get one last year, but he got one this year, and uh, he couldn't have been happier to get it. Happy to see it as well. The guy he's got great style on the bike. Always giving me uh, interviews when I ask for them. Uh, very very respectful indiv- individual. So I got all the time in the world for a guy like Chase Sexton. Um, I think there, honestly, you, you can expect more of this too. I think this isn't going to be a one and done. This is going to be a flash in the pan, uh, like a, a Sebastian Tortelli or even a, uh, I believe, uh, Greg Albertine only got the one. Uh, same thing with Josh Grant, uh, one-time winners. This is going to be a, a habit for him, and and uh, and justifiably so. I think uh, like he's he's had the speed. He's been moving forward. It's actually it had, he hasn't even been in the sport professionally that long. If you think about it, I think his first year. As a pro was 2018, I want to say, uh, and then w- going back to back titles 19 and 20, and then uh, he gets the 20 21 rookie season last year, and then now he's in his sophomore season as a 450 pro, and he's already got his first win. Looking really good. I think he could he could totally uh, win a couple of races. Hell, he could probably win this championship, uh, but I'm not going to claim that here and now. 
the one, the other thing I want to talk about, obviously, is Jason Anderson's bike, um, and Jason Anderson in general. Jason Anderson was moving to the front of the pack. I don't think that he was going to get sextant, but I seriously think that he had uh, some a serious chance of uh, of at least making that race interesting later on in the race. He was still knocking down some fast lap times later in the race when I think that he realized that uh, whatever was happening with his bike, uh, some sort of um, coolant issue, whether like it was a rad cap or just a loss of coolant in general, um, he was able to, to regain pace by the end of the race and actually salvage some points. Good to see him not pull off. Uh, and, and like, uh, and hats off to Kawasaki as well for, for sort of knowing what to do in, in a situation like that. I know they've had problems with that bike in the past as far as heat, uh, overheating. Um, maybe not that model specifically, but, uh, the, the team, obviously, uh, the, the engine running hot in general, uh, whether it was the clutch or just the engine as a whole, uh, needing to, needing to be cooled down more. Um, Anderson was able to mitigate that, those problems and still end up with a pretty solid finish. Uh, he goes 10-1-9 to start the season, and I think he's uh, only three or four points back, which is pretty incredible if you think about it for the championship. Uh, we did have some injuries that we need to talk about about uh, from this particular race. Uh, Joey Savacci, knee injury coming in. Uh, you kind of knew that it was only a matter of time before... Um, Joey dabbed it, tweaked it. Like it, it's just such an abrasive, violent sport. Motocross is, and I, I, I just thought it was kind of a like a foregone conclusion that he was going to have some sort of a problem with that knee. Uh, and it's really unfortunate because Joey is, uh, he's a friend of the podcast. He's been on before. He's a hardworking kid, and since turning for the four fifties, and honestly, even in the two fifties, he had a really hard time just catching a break. Obviously, he's he's had good support in the past. Pro circuit, no one's having a bake sale. For, for Joey Savacci, but it, it hasn't been an easy road to hoe either. Um, he's had injuries. He's had problems with uh, health problems. He's had, he's had bike problems. Um, and then, obviously, I think it's just it's, things have not been rolling his way. And you see him get carted off at the end there. He seemed pretty dejected. And uh, you don't want to see that. So I was a pretty bummed to see that, uh, that Joey Savacci ended up not being able to finish the night. Uh, the 17 machine is likely parked for uh, for a number of months now. Might not see him. Maybe uh, honestly, like if, he, if he's getting knee surgery, you're not going to see him outdoors until maybe halfway through the season if you see him at all. Uh, so um, very, there's very likely that if next time you see the 17 machine, he's probably on either a different team or yeah, it's 2023 or an off season race of some sort. So uh, and honestly, same goes for Adam Cianciarolo. Um, soldiering through the shoulder pain which now looking back at it now that he has this knee issue it really is too bad that he held on and worked so hard to stay on um this uh, this campaign to race 450s in this in this this season uh he's been really really solid um of just going out there still putting in quality times and qualifying i've been impressed with him uh but he hasn't been able to uh um really shake that and then add that on top of there now he's got a knee issue i don't think it's a big one it's probably uh a meniscus issue or an mcl something that's sort of just when he went through the whoops you put the foot down it sort of uh the the leg moves uh, laterally outwards, that's most likely an M M MCL mechanism that's uh, going to be a problem for him. Uh, honestly, I've had that injury. It's something that he can probably bounce back from in the next 
probably three or four weeks, but that also means that he's going to miss three or four races. And if that's the case, then I don't know what to tell you. I think, I think he, it, he's going to, he's going to be going uphill big time. Um, as far as he, he's another season sort of behind the eight ball. So I wouldn't, I honestly, I don't want Adam to come back until he's 100% healthy. And that probably means outdoors. Um, Another thing that I wanted to talk about as far as Anderson goes, uh, Jason Anderson, uh, he basically, uh, if if Ken Roxon was having an off night, uh, Jason Anderson made sure that that was like an exclamation point on it at the end of the whoops there. Uh, Jason was coming through like a freight train and the way Roxon stepped off his bike, it was just like a, like that, that was just like the nail in the coffin. He stepped off the bike, kind of just like, oh, what else? And uh, he was able to remount. He got back on the bike, finished, I think he was 7th or 8th. Um, and just sort of a, a quiet night for for Kenny in general. Like It almost feels like uh, that dominant performance that he put in at the begin at A1 has, has sort of been forgotten now uh, after a, a couple of off nights. Um, and Anderson certainly didn't help with the uh, with, with the, the aggressive pass. And honestly, I didn't have any problem with it. Um, Kenny just goes off into the no man's land. A lot of people were after the end of that corner. And, um, and, and Ken end, ends up on the ground. So that's sort of that. Um, another uh, sort of storyline that we wanted to touch on was Justin Barsha and Justin Bogle. The Justins come together uh, on a couple of occasions. Now, I have not seen the the Barsha on Bogle uh, crime, but I have seen the Bogle on Barsha. Anyone who uh, is standing on the argument of Bogle didn't mean to do that, um, you're just plain wrong, uh, because these guys are the most talented individuals to ever throw a leg over a motorcycle uh by no means uh do i believe that uh, like, under no circumstances that do i think that uh, justin bogle stalled his motorcycle and then miraculously was able to get it like kind of bump started back uh to lurch forward and uh, at the perfect timing to uh to ruin justin barsha's night but that's exactly what happened uh if you have seen and if you've seen the footage of justin barsha on bogle that kind of sort of created the the animosity uh please send it over to me big mx radio on instagram really appreciate it shout out to dyson peters who's currently watching on the instagram live um but uh yeah i haven't seen it uh but uh bogle didn't seem, uh, and that's why he got black flagged. Is, is that you can't be rolling out, you can't be out there rolling around, uh, ruining people's nights. Uh, certainly, like, I don't think it really uh, affected Barsha's race a ton. I think he, I don't know if he lost any positions there, but obviously, it's still not okay. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, yeah, I think those guys, he, they each owe each other one. Although I don't think either one of them will be around each other much. Uh, if they're racing in the position that they'll more like then they sort of should be in Justin Barsha is uh, a top five guy and Bogle is a top 15 guy. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. So um, uh, last couple things that we wanted to touch on here. Um, Marvin Muscan uh, retreating like the French army from first place all the way back to uh, I believe he finished 10th, uh, which is Oh, we got uh, Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience has jumped in for the uh, Instagram Live. Dave, I'm not going to be able to, uh, to invite you in here because I am currently re- recording a podcast. Uh, but if you're if you are looking to have an unbelievable experience at a race, you want to be taken past the velvet rope and uh, and basically immersed into the sport of motocross. Go check out the Collective EX 
on Instagram. Uh, he, he runs one of the absolute uh, coolest and most inclusive and exclusive uh, programs in the pits, uh, basically gets you behind the wrenches of, uh, of a bike like David Pulley, uh, in the, in the pits, walking through the rigs, going through all kinds of cool stuff. That's, that's what you're going to find more information about that at the collective xp.com. Join the program. Um, so yeah, J Marvin Muscan was retreating like the French army, not what you want to see 10th, 10th on the night, sort of a ho-hum day for him altogether. Wasn't uh, spectacular in qualifying either. Um, but the biggest note here is the fact that the 450 class is, uh, like thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Like this, this is absolutely stacked. There's so much, so much talent at the front of this, at the front of this, um, this field. And I cannot believe it. Uh, we got Marcus Giesbrecht watching on Instagram live as well. He knows more and more, more than motocross, more about motocross than I do. And if you want to know about that, just ask him. Um, but, uh, Yeah. Top 10, separated by 14 points. That's ridiculous. What else is ridiculous is that Eli Tomac hasn't won a race yet, and he's currently your points leader. He's also never, he has also not been leading this early in a championship before. What does that mean? I don't know. Because this is, we're in unprecedented territory. Usually by now, Eli has himself a win, and he usually does not have the points lead. Uh, he's got that flipped. He's got the points lead and no wins. Does he win in Anaheim? More than likely. Um, I think that he's got uh, great potential to uh, to take to go through the rest of the series and um, and rattle off some wins. Him, Chase Sexton, and um, and Webb. I think the, all three of those guys get wins, and I, all three of those guys uh, have have their say once this uh, when this championship really starts to crank up. Um, we're going to throw it over now to an interview with Connor Olson from Fox Racing. Thank you so much for listening so far. Really appreciate it. Take time to listen to this interview with Connor Olson. He's a great guy and he's got tons of great information. He just got back from sunny Hawaii and now he's being flown in for the Big MX radio podcast brought to you by Fox Racing and Fox Racing Canada. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fox Racing and Fox Racing Canada. This this interview is also brought to you by Phoenix Handlebars and Get Shit Done Coffee. You want to get shit done, you need Get Shit Done Coffee to do it. You can save 20% with Big MX 20 every single time you check out at their website. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, but a very special guest. He's number 600 in your program, not number one in your hearts, because that's me. We know this. Um, but uh, he, he has competed in some nationals. He's a mover, shaker, and knower of all things over at Fox USA. Connor Olson. Connor, how's it going? Doing good, Brad. How are you? Hey, not doing too bad. Thank you for asking, despite the fact that it is minus 36 outside with the wind chill, which I know to uh, someone in Southern California essentially means nothing aside from very, very cold. But that's the situation that I'm in up here in Canada. There's a negative in there, so it's obviously cold, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, that like, Believe it or not, minus 36 and, uh, well, minus 40 and minus 40 Fahrenheit and Celsius are the exact same temperatures, so... Yeah, all I can say is very, very cold. I spent about an hour shoveling snow earlier today, and I'm not going outside until tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I don't blame you. No, not at all. You yourself are back 
in friendly uh, California after coming back from Hawaii. It was a work trip. You're gone for 10 days. Uh, you as well as I know that when you're working, it's not a holiday. You're on all kinds of flights. You're going this way, this where, this this place, that place, uh, all in the name of uh, spreading the good word of Fox Racing, which, uh, yeah, like uh, as, a, as a representative, uh, outside sales rep for Fox, uh, a lot would go into a job like that. Um, like, for the listeners at home, give a little bit of the Coles notes of uh, of the rigors of having to go all the way to a place like Hawaii and sell motocross gear and accessories. Yeah, so it's um, it's definitely I, I do part of Southern California too. Um, same thing for outside sales, and then I'm the most southwestern rep, so Hawaii is included in my territory. And um, like realistically, I'm doing the same thing as I am in California, but like you said, it's tough because you can't just hop in the car and drive for an hour like the island ends and then you got a however many miles between the next one so a lot of it is um planning and logistics and a lot of things like getting everything there for the first time and then getting between all the islands and then at most points during the 10 days i was there i had like my truck keys my rental car keys that were on oahu in my bag and the whatever rental car i was driving currently for that day in maui or the big island or something so you have three sets of keys. I'm trying to fly with a gear bag full of samples, going into all the dealerships on all the different islands and showing them the MX-23 line and trying to get um, everything situated for the time being. And obviously being a six-hour flight away, it's a little tougher um, than my normal job. I just drive down to San Diego and stop into the shop and like run the reports and merchandise and do all that stuff. So I get to go to Hawaii a couple times a year, depending on sort of whatever everything else is going on. But um, definitely a little bit more in depth when I haven't been there since October. So kind of got to do a lot of things in a little amount of time and fly into an island at 8 a.m. and your flight home is at 6 p.m. and got four places to see and try to figure out where you are because I hadn't been to some of the places or some of the islands and stuff. So yeah, it's uh it's hard to complain, um, especially complaining to anyone else that knows I'm in Hawaii. Like <laughs> everyone's like, Oh, just shut up. You're in Hawaii. Like deal with it. You'll be fine. But it definitely is. Uh, it's a lot. It's, it's stressful. It gets hectic. It's 80 degrees and humid and you're running around all the places and sweating your ass off. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a different, a different vibe and, it's uh, it's a lot to handle sometimes for sure. Definitely, and just straight up rude to tell you to shut up like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah. you like showing off the twenty three stuff, um, and you go into these dealers. Like, what are what are the the questions that they have for you, and what kind of products are they most excited to learn more about? Um, I don't. I, I think I can probably say things that are vague enough that won't get me in trouble but okay we we have some new boots coming out this year um which is always a basically it just depends what's coming out for the year so this year we have a, a handful of new products one being boots that i don't think it's any secret because we've talked about it being on adam and some other things so but we have some new boots coming out there's some new protective pieces and new colors and all that kind of stuff it's a super exciting line for the year um like me personally i like it which doesn't mean much because sales are always different than the things that I like anyway, but, um, Amen. If that were the case, it would just be retro gear. (laughs) Yeah. Right. 
so it's it's it depends really on a lot of it actually it depends on like what the customer base of the dealership is too like i'll go into some dealers and they basically only do like off-road riding so a lot of things that like i care about and things that matter to like me or or a different kind of shop that's like a race shop um they just don't really care sometimes like they want off-road boots and our legion gear and extra abrasion resistance and pockets and things and i'm looking for a lightweight helmet and supportive boots and stretchy gear and that so it, it kind of depends where you're at but um especially this year like with the with some new boots and things coming out like people have a lot of questions about those and kind of how things perform and how things fit and sort of um technology and things in it like we i mean our our design and product team is is crushing it right now so just kind of trying to make sure that we re reiterate the information that we're given in a correct way in a positive way to make sure people get stoked and get all the information that they need especially in somewhere like hawaii it makes it tough because like i said i don't get to go in there every other week like i do to everyone in california so making sure that they have all of the information that they need in the short amount of time that i'm there um, to ensure that they are set up for success and, and making kind of everything all work together in, in the best way possible. Well, that, that's super interesting. And yeah, like you, you need to know more than just like one of the cool features and benefits of the flex air gear, the top of the line instinct boot and the, the, the top shelf helmet. You need to have uh, next level info on, on the entire product line, which is not an easy task on top of uh, your rigorous uh, uh, travel schedule. Um, and to be able to communicate that in, in, in a way that like is you can communicate it and, and it's understandable, digestible, as well as something that those people, same people can then re regurgitate to the people who come into their store. Cause that's a very important thing as well. Um, where did you sort yeah. of cultivate that uh, like uh, skill set? Is there, does Fox or some of the companies you've worked for in the past have like sort of sales training as to how to be able to, uh, to communicate those types of things? Or is that something that you just need the mileage for? Um, I think it's a little bit of everything, honestly. Like I, I was very fortunate that I'm, I got into the rep side of it and in, in the industry, I got into it really young. Um, we do some stuff at Fox. Like uh, I guess it's a kind of a multiple part thing here, but we have sales meetings and we listen to Mark Finley and Jeff Saygood and Mikey Rangel and everyone talk um, about the products and about the marketing and about kind of how they explain things to us. And that's one of the things that make certain reps better than others and make, make people more successful in this, in this kind of, um, I don't know, career path or whatever word I'm trying to say here, but the, it, it depending on like how you take things and how I digest it or compared to another rep, like how we see it, then we sort of regurgitate that and make it usually one more digestible because Jeff and Mark give us all of the details of everything that changed or everything that's new and everything different. But sometimes in a dealer aspect, like I have an hour of their time, I got to show them the entire line. I can't spend 30 minutes talking about one specific boot as much as we would like to. And, and I would like to get all of that info to them. Like I have 14 other products that I need to show them. Um, and I need to run reports and build an order and train a new employee and all that kind of stuff. So 
a lot of it is kind of, like you said, just getting the miles to it and figuring out what things matter and what things aren't super necessary at the time. Um, but uh, one of the main things that kind of what I was getting back to what I was saying, getting into this industry. So, so young was, I had, uh, my first boss in the repping side, his name's Davey Gonzalez. He's from Colorado. He, he works for spy. Um, and I was his essentially sub rep or his motorsports segment manager. Um, and I got a lot of, a lot of reps from, from him, just, just with, I guess, with him doing, uh, on the snow side, they do it a lot different than the moto side. They do trade shows. Um, so basically instead of every me going to every dealer and showing them everything, every dealer comes to one place and everyone sits there. And essentially, instead of it taking two months to do a, to show a new line, it takes four days. So you say the exact same thing 14 times a day to different people, you get different questions, you get the same questions, whatever. So you kind of, you kind of get the gist of it a lot faster when it's in a more condensed sort of time period. But a lot of that, uh, a lot of where I kind of learned everything was from, from him and going to these trade shows and like sitting through a lot of other presentations and getting the same amount of information from the product designers and things. And then hearing how he interpreted it and regurgitates it to his dealers to make it more digestible. A lot of that is sort of what has helped me to get to the point that I'm at now is like being able to figure out the things that matter and don't and, and then basically just practicing it over and over, like without actually sitting in the mirror and talking to yourself, but getting the reps and, and the miles on it and figuring out the things to say and what time to say them and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit of everything to answer your question in the longest winded way possible, but <laughs> it's, it, it definitely is a lot of mileage. It's a lot of figuring out, um, taking the, the information from the people that actually built it or designed it and, and figuring out the things that do matter and then saying it over and over and, and kind of refining it from there even more. Well, yeah, and that's re really, really interesting. I think there's a lot of people who uh, maybe have never worked retail before, they've, they've never had a sales job before, uh, would be interesting to find out basically that sort of like the method to the madness. And it's not just about um, knowing those features and benefits, uh, like the, the features itself, but also like, okay, like when you say something has this feature, okay, so what do I get out of it? How does that make me a better racer? How does that make me uh, like a, how is that going to make me safer? Why do I want it? And, and to be able to communicate to that to somebody who's then going to take that to your your general consumer, um, it, it's it's really uh, a, a tough um, a, a tough task, honestly. Like to because sure. like these co these companies have a lot of turnover, especially with sales staff. So you really have to make sure that the sales manager at whatever dealership is has that extra special knowledge. And then every once in a while, yeah, you get an opportunity to sit down with the actual like the the kid at the shop that's going to sit down with the kid that's getting his very first pair of motocross boots, and, and he needs to understand why it either needs to be uh, the instinct or if it needs to be that next level down. Like maybe that person like they're they're an, a, like an entry level athlete, they don't need that top of the line boots because they can't flex it properly. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, there's there's a lot of ins and outs that go to stuff like that. It's really interesting to form that sort of For things sure. out. Um, but in order to get a job at Fox, in order to 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 even be 
someone who wants to get a uh, job within the industry, there has to be a certain amount of passion that can only be cultivated through a life behind bars and and being in the sport, loving the sport, and also pretty damn good at it. Uh, the 70, uh, 600 in your program uh, has also signed up for a number of races. He's he's uh, like even competed in some nationals, something that I myself uh, have never and will likely never, unless it's a Canadian one, will be able to do. Uh, where does that story start for you? Like, uh, obviously, you, you grew up, you said on the East Coast or East east of where you're currently at, but pretty much everything is East of where you're currently at. Um yeah. Paint us the picture of, of how you developed that love for motocross that has uh, that has you on flights to all kinds of islands in Hawaii and uh, chasing your passion all the way out into the beautiful landscapes of Southern California. Yeah, so, I mean, basically my, my dad, when my brother and I were both born, my dad was into dirt bikes and he was racing and riding and stuff, and I don't remember much of that, but I, I know we, my my parents and family, like, we, we were all my brother and I were born in California and my parents at the time um, lived here for a while before they had us. So they were around at least the California thing and my dad rode. So we, I just remember, or at least I remember the story of, we went to Glen Helen one time. I think I was probably three or four. My brother was six or seven. And literally after we went to Glen Helen, I think it was just not even a a race might've been just a normal day or something, but I've pretty much raced and ridden like damn near every weekend since then. Um, so we grew up in Colorado. There's a really healthy motocross um, scene there just on the local level. And even on a professional level, I mean, not a ton now because a lot of the guys are getting older and have real jobs and stuff. But within the last, I mean, shit, four or five years ago, you'd line up on an open pro gate at a local race in Colorado. That was an AMA whatever pro-am and there was uh there'd be 15 license holding pros on the gate and there's a 40-man open pro gate so definitely a really healthy um amateur level of riding in in colorado like there's a ton of riders all the time like they're a really good crop of kids coming up still and and even us are in the whatever vet classes now like it's a a very competitive and fast group of people so growing up with that, like obviously the seasons are tough there because it gets cold, like not Canada cold, but it gets cold. Nowhere um, else gets Canada cold. So everyone... Siberia gets Canada <laughs> cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so we just kind of, I just grew up racing around Colorado a lot, pretty much my whole life. And my brother rode for a long time too. And then we um, did some amateur nationals here and there. And then when I got old enough, obviously the next step is you want to race nationals and um, took me a couple years to get there with, uh, the licensing stuff and had some pretty gnarly injuries and shattered both ankles and was in a wheelchair for a while and, and, um, kind of got through all of that and, um, got my pro license and I've been racing nationals, um, usually just a couple here and there, but I've been, I think my first one was maybe 2013. I tried a couple and the first one I ever made was 2015 and then, had some pretty shit years from 16, 17, 18, got kind of got my shit together in like 2019. And then last year, like really, or not, yeah, last year, but also 2020, like kind of got my ass in gear, lost a lot of weight, sort of focused on it and actually like put in the, the, the amount of effort that I needed to just to, to actually be competitive and, and make nationals. Cause the 
worst part of going to a national is not making it. You get to ride for 35 minutes and then you're done and you just sit there and watch everyone. So um, getting the kind of the mindset of, like I said, getting my ass in gear and, and getting better and faster. And a lot of that helped when I moved to California a couple of years ago and just having better weather and tracks all over and kind of a lot of, a lot of things, but, but yeah, I mean, that, uh, it all kind of just stemmed from my dad riding. We went to the track one time and ever since then I've been interested in racing and riding and it's a, a, a love for sure. And then starting at dealerships and then getting into the repping side of it. And it's taken me all over the country and I've been to damn near every state because of either work or racing or something. So very fortunate to be in a position that I am now, um, basically just because I liked dirt bikes when I was four years old. So that's awesome. Like, I, hey, I, 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 I've always said the reason why foot, foot pegs on motocross bikes are so sharp is because it digs into you and it doesn't let go. Um, it, it, it'll, it'll can turn itself into into a lifelong passion and something that'll uh, take you to uh, all ends of the earth, sometimes even Hawaii. Um, like growing up, like I myself was, I was for the most part, head to toe Fox. I know my, my dad bought me a couple of different uh, type kinds of stuff. Uh, I had some, a really awesome combo of a, a Fox Jersey with answer pants at one point. It was great. Uh, nice. But uh, what, what were some of those uh, iconic uh, Fox uh, kits that you looked up to that like you absolutely needed to have? We're about five years different as, uh, in age wise, but you were racing. You started actually like earlier timeline wise than I did you would have got looked yeah. up to like uh, the Carmichael's and stuff like that like what, what was on your list of what you absolutely yeah. had to have and then if you look back at like the the stuff the Fox stuff that you did have as a young kid uh what was like your ultimate Fox kit from back in the day uh I, I like vividly remember one that I know that I had I was a Fox kid for a long time the sales rep in in Colorado was a good family friend and I've known him forever. And, um, I had been in Fox for a really long time when I was young and all the way kind of growing up. And I remember there was one that was like white and baby blue. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It probably didn't sell at all and no one wanted it and no one remembers it. But I just remember that one kit was so, so rad. And I remember having it, I think I was on a 60, I was on a KX65 and everything was all green and anodized and the, like the, the te almost teal, but like light blue and white. It was just the most badass look ever when I was like nine years old. Um, some of the ones like looking up, I know, I remember the, like the stripe ones from Carmichael, the orange and black and the red and navy, like those stripe kits were always just sort of the the iconic ones through everyone growing up really with like Ricky's undefeated year and like mm -hmm. the years that he was winning titles and stuff like he just kept wearing those and they were his good luck year and stuff so some of those like um some of the ones that he wore and some of the stuff that like him and Stu were wearing and like would wear offset colors because they didn't want to match and the whole like rivalry between that but then both being in Fox like that was I think probably the pinnacle of everyone like Fox is badass. Like we need to be in Fox. Like RC and Stu are wearing it, and they're both battling for titles. And any those gear sets throughout 
I think throughout their like those couple years of their careers, like those were some of the coolest, most badass things. And a lot of people probably still had them, but no one looked as cool as those two, like battling for wins and all the time and switching and dicing back and forth. Like those, the races, I think, make some of those kits more iconic than even some of the looks, in my opinion, I think. Oh, for sure. Like I, I think of sometimes some of those those that era, like the the year two thousand and four, uh, outdoors. Um, th- the two of those riders were responsible for forty seven of the forty eight moto wins, and that is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, you have James. He had, like he started the season wearing uh, the 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 blue throwback gear, which of course Ricky never wore the blue. He always wore the red. James never wore the red, vice versa. Um, James was yeah. like they would they would often put him in the 180 stuff with the big fox head on the corner. That he did the 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 fuchsia and the zebra print as well. I don't I don't remember um, oh, yeah. Ricky uh, wearing the 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 180 stuff much at all. He was usually a 360 guy. Uh, both running the helmet, but different paint jobs. Always looks always look fresh. And um, and yeah, like there there was some absolutely iconic looks i actually i I, it's it's almost a little bit too bad that that carmichael wore orange as much as he did because there were some other colorways that he would have looked so good in uh i remember oh yeah i talked to hoover about this and there's a there's a set of white stuff white and red but it was mostly white i think it's the same stuff that he wore at uh glenn helen 2001 when he goes flipping off of the uh the the hill there I think he wore that stuff yeah. in at Daytona for practice earlier that year, and that was awesome stuff. I absolutely loved it. Um, some of those iconic looks, and, and like Fox has been around since 1974. That's one of the questions that came out today on Big MX Radio Trivia. But um, like, and they were already at, like a, an iconic brand at the time, and then they just like kind of like that really sent the brand, in my opinion, into the stratosphere. Of course, I'm biased. That was when I was the most impressionable that I'll ever be. But like Fox sunk its teeth into me every bit as much as Motocross did, and, and that's why I still love the company today. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's like like you said earlier. I think before you were reporting, it's like one of the it's one of the icons. I mean it's you drive around and you see Fox stickers on every other car. I mean, I, I know at least here, I don't know about Canada, but oh, yeah. you at see least here, here in the Mecca in Southern California, it's all over the place. And it's cool. It's cool to see, especially working for a company that you see such brand recognition and such a, such a huge impact on so many different people. It's uh, it's pretty impressive for sure. Absolutely. No, that, that's awesome, man. And it's, it's great to see that you grew up a Fox kid and then now you're literally responsible for turning kids into Fox kids. That's kind of a cool job to have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the full circle of it, it all it all comes around. Yeah, absolutely. Somewhere the Lion King circle of life is being played. Uh, thank you, Phil Collins. Um before I let you go here on the Big MX Radio podcast, I know you're driving. You're probably getting to your destination at some point somewhat soon. Uh, but I need your best Austin Hoover story. Hoover is a great friend of mine. Uh, like, Great to chat, chat with him over text every once in a while. I call him up for one of these here and there as well. Uh, can I please have your best Austin Hoover story? Oh, yeah. Hoover's the man. Um, uh, let's see. I know I don't remember when, but it was pretty recently here within the last year for sure um we were out at fox raceway 
Um, I'm pretty sure I planned to pretty much just meet him there. I think maybe Matt Mora was there with us. Um, but Poove came and he brought one of his buddies and he borrowed with a bike from the office. It was a Husky 450 and we get to the track and I think I had already started riding or was just about to go out or something. And he goes to push the button and, and just nothing. Didn't have anything. Battery was dead, totally dead. No one had a charger. No one had jumpers, nothing. And um, I was whatever, doing my national moto training and blah, blah, blah. And out there trusting the process, you know? Of course. And uh, I, I uh, pull in from a moto, pull my seat off, take the battery out, put it in Hoover's bike, send him out for his moto. And then he comes back about five minutes later when he has arm pump and he's tired and pull that battery out, put it back in my bike, take off for another 35 minute moto, come back and just kept repeating it for the entire day because his battery was dead. He didn't check it. And he's not the, the most mechanically inclined. So we just pull the battery out and just keep, keep switching back and forth and uh, ended up being a, a good, uh, a good story to talk about later, obviously. But at the time I was sitting there sweating my ass off and pulling the battery out, trying to recover from a moto. And he's like, yeah, dude, pull, put that battery in. I want to go ride. Let's go. I want to, I want to go do a session real quick. And just the whole process of probably doing it six times between switching for my motos and his motos. And yeah, it was a good time. It was a good day. No doubt. Like, uh, it just sounds, it sounds like Hoove just want to make, he wanted to make you better. Like he's like, what can I, like, he's already training for his national motos. How can I add to his workload in order to make him a better pro? And I like mission accomplished really. Yeah. The mental, the mental capacity and the mental strength I got out of that just to get done and don't even sit down. Don't drink any water, pull the seat off, pull that battery out put it in the other bike and keep going. And you got about four minutes before he pulls back in to mm-hmm. recover and put the battery. And I didn't have much time to sit there cause he wanted to go back out soon. So pull the battery back out and just keep it going. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No for, problem. Uh, making me strong. For sure. Like might as well have tossed you a Rubik's cube at the same time. Uh, um, and then, uh, <laughs> Also, and he's been on the podcast before, just briefly, uh, good friend of the podcast, uh, K-Day, uh, Kenny Day. Uh, I know you guys are clo- a little bit, even probably a little bit closer with Kenny uh, than you are with Hoove. So you must have a pretty good story f- uh, from that guy. Oh, yeah. There's there's plenty of stories with Kenny. Like we, I mean, him and I have lived together for about two and a half years. We, we literally have never met actually before like he's been around the races like he he's been around the races a lot longer than i have but right with traders we and would stuff. um yeah I, I never really knew him or saw him then like he's an east coast guy southeast like we found out years later that we were probably at, at club mx like they were staying down there and training and doing stuff but i was there just like on the weekend riding um and we we never really crossed paths or like at least knew that we crossed paths um but yeah, we, we, it's funny. We are, um, one of our, one of my managers, I guess, on, uh, at a previous employer, uh, knew that I was moving from the East coast to California and he was also moving from the East coast to California. And she's like, well, you guys both need, need a place to live. So why don't you guys link up and try to figure it out? And, uh, yeah, we ended up like, we met each other at high point, um, at the national and, just kind of talked and hit it off and we're 
pretty easy going and, and good, like kind of good chemistry and ended up living together for two years. And then we just moved into another house with our other buddy, Tyler, who works at Fox too. And um, yeah, there's, there's no shortage of, of K-Day stories. The amount of just random shit that comes out of his mouth on a daily basis. And uh, yeah, there's, there's so many things just driving. I remember we were leaving, um, we were leaving, High Point, actually, ironically, we were leaving High Point this year, driving back to Pittsburgh um, to fly out Sunday morning after the race. And I just like got a rock to the collarbone and it fractured my collarbone and all the fluid after I raced both motos on it, like ended up separating my AC joint. And Kenny and I were just driving back to the hour and a half back to Pittsburgh and just scream singing country songs, just carpool karaoke, just singing country songs to each other at 10 p.m. at night and that's uh pretty much a daily occurrence in our household and at least every weekend going to the track and going riding but but yeah the uh the country voice on that guy is is something else that's something that uh you need to bring out of him for a podcast soon absolutely now knowing that like, it's basically just gonna be big mx radio karaoke uh what, what would be his go-to <laughs> like if you had to put him on the spot he doesn't need to read the lyrics oh. like tip to tail like are we doing like boot scoot and boogie is this like my kind of party like what is it he's uh is he alan he, jackson he guy good john john pa- john party song okay he's good there um luke combs him and i kind of have a soft spot in our heart for luke combs so Pretty much any uh, any Luke Combs or John Party, like he's he's all in. He has every word. Um, he has all of the little twills and, and twangs in the, the southern accent part too. Like he's yeah, he's a not. It's an unexpected talent. When you see him, you wouldn't expect him to be able to. No, this is coming out of left field. Like uh, yeah. and that honestly, that is trouble around the women like i'm sorry but the guy's already a man oh, yeah. rocket and then you throw that in and yeah like it, it's game over it's game over yeah oh yeah i know i, I live with the guy mm-hmm. i gotta keep him away from my girlfriend and any any chick or and anywhere in the in the tri-county vicinity if they hear him singing it's danger he's just what rolls up like how y'all doing and then it's just it's... <laughs> Need to change your pants. We're getting there, though. I just, uh, <laughs> I just got a cowboy hat. My girlfriend got me a cowboy hat for my birthday. And as much as she hates it, I got a nice black felt cowboy hat. I got a pretty dirty mustache right now. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're catching up. Awesome. Uh, when, when I release this podcast, I definitely need a, uh, I need a picture of you in that, in that hat with the disgusting mustache you're currently sporting. Um, Deal. Last few last few questions for you before I let you get on with the rest of your evening, my friend. Uh, if you were, uh, if you had, could only have one product from Fox Racing, you know the entire catalog, tip tail at least, or at least you should by this point. Uh, everything else on you is completely generic. We're not swapping that out for other brands whatsoever. It's just, it's like that when you like at the beginning of uh, MXT Moto Tracks when you're just completely like gray yeah. and, and and like oh, yeah. generic. Um, you get you get one product that's Fox. What is it? What is that one product that you need uh, to have? I gotta say, flex their gear. Um, I'm very spoiled. Like obviously, I get I get the whole run of everything. Like I know what it all is, blah blah blah. But just just 
from one day or even at a national switching between gear sets and going from a 360 or 180 gear set, which is always good in general, but getting the stretch out of a flex air gear set and not feeling any pulling on the back of your leg or down your butt or anything like the comfortability out of a flex air gear set is, is unmatched to anything else. Um, I would definitely say that that would be the first, the first, and if I had to only have one, that would be, that would be the pick. Okay. So we're going flex air pants and Jersey, maybe something for me to keep in mind, knowing that I do in fact have the hockey butt that many, many Canadians do. Um, that might, (laughs) that might be my, uh, yeah, uh, the, my best rule of thumb going forward. Um, the flex air stuff. I'm going to make a a sticky note on that. And, uh, last question I have for you before I let you off the hook here on the Big MX radio podcast brought to you by Fox racing and Fox racing Canada. Will we see you lining up this summer Fox raceway for their national? They might have one or even two events at that racetrack. Uh, I believe you did quite well last time. Yeah, I, uh, at the moment, the plan is to be there. Um, the plan is to do a handful of them, hopefully more than I got to do last year. Mm-hmm. But even still, um, the plan is to do all of the West Coast ones. So um, there's two at Fox Raceway. We got Hangtown, Washougal, Colorado. Um, and then from there, we will see, hopefully more. Um, but for sure, the Fox Raceway ones, I am... Very fortunate in the fact that my boss and upper management at the company is um, lenient enough that as long as I'm getting my shit done, then they are A-OK with me racing. Mm -hmm. Um, So as long as I am continuing my end of the bargain and getting my sales numbers and everything in, then I will be racing. Ups, uh, that by all means, man. I, I totally agree. And you know what? I was thinking when you were describing that is honestly, I think it's good that you race at such a high level. And I, you're gonna say like, oh, it's not that high. There's lots of guys that are faster than I am. You're if you're making nationals, you're at the tip of the spear. You're at the you're the one percent of the sport that can actually go those types of paces uh, for any amount of time. My hats off to you. But I'll tell you what I think that it really does do is that when you compete and when you train at a high level like that it elevates the other things that you do in life. If you're able, like you put that sort of that pressure to be able to fit those types of things in, you're going to be extra sharp elsewhere as, as well. And, and I think that uh, if anything, uh, rather than a hindrance, I think that uh, holding the position that you have with Fox and trying to also balance that with not only a balanced breakfast and uh, a rigorous training schedule, I think that that's uh, that just keeps you just a little bit sharper. That's how I feel about it. For sure. Yeah, it was um, it's kind of like you said. I mean, obviously, like, it, it's a different outlook for me. Um, I see it a little bit differently than than other people do. But the more of, um, how do you word this, more of the normal, the normal person, um, not even like You're every man. at a dealership or, yep. yeah, an every man kind of outlook on it. Like you, for, for my job position, even too, like I'm going into dealers trying to sell them on a specific product or something and and it kind of one just having the having the kind of um uh what's the word i'm looking for the the experience and the the background of like this is what i wear and this is what a lot of other people wear 
but being able to, like you said, race at that level and still maintain a, a life balance of figuring out all of like logistics for the racing and still maintaining a normal work schedule. So I get my, my actual day job done and I can continue to make a living and don't get fired from my job for not doing something. And, and all of like all of it all put together um, definitely made a, uh, made me a better person even this year. And then a lot of, um, a lot of dealership people didn't really even know I race, honestly. So it was kind of cool for a lot of them to go. And we have, uh, like a VIP area at the Fox Raceway nationals. And it's cool to have dealers that I see every other day or every other week, like get to, have something else to root for. Like, yeah, there's Kenny and Adam and the PC guys and, and everyone else, but they're like, Oh shit, that guy like, it just was in our shop on Tuesday and now he's racing with Kenny and Adam. Um, so it's kind of cool. Like I know some of the upper management and some of the other upper management from um, within Fox and within some of the dealerships and things that were there, like people thought it was really awesome that a sales rep is out there racing at that level. And to me, like, yeah, it's, it's cool. I do it all the time, but, but to them, like I kind of said, like they don't really know I raced or let alone rode it like at that level too. So yeah, it is kind of cool. Like to sort of get to do a lot of it and, and have the flexibility and the, the graces from my manager and general manager and, and everyone kind of all the way up the chain, everyone's super stoked on it. And who've helped out a lot this year or last year. And Kenny helped out a ton and Matt Mora, like, Matt was helping build goggles and helping me get things to the races and trying to help me not drive off a cliff while I was working and trying to figure out how to get gear to Washougal and things. So it was, uh, yeah, it's kind of a whole, a whole team effort for sure. But in another very long winded answer, I will be at Fox Raceway. Hey man, this is your time. So, uh, we're, we're just appreciating <laughs> the, uh, the, the detail. Um, Thank you so much for making time for us on this, man. Uh, I think you're totally right. Uh, the position you hold and the speed that you go on these dirt bikes uh, adds validity to all that knowledge that you you possess. So, uh, And thank you for laying it down for us tonight. Uh, hope you had some fun on the podcast. Hope you want to come on again, maybe get you and K-Day on on the same episode. I think that would be shenanigans and probably uh, the funniest oh, yeah. podcast that we ever put out. So let's earmark <laughs> that for uh, when you become a repeat offender here on the Big MX Radio podcast podcast but uh this has been a lot of fun for sure yeah thank you i appreciate i appreciate you reaching out i'm glad we got to do this after uh after my 10 days in hawaii it's uh yeah it's nice to kind of get back to the real world and get on and chat with you and reminisce some old times and look forward to new ones Awesome, man. Well, really appreciate you you coming on the podcast to drop all that knowledge on us. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And we're back. Thanks to Connor Olson for making time for that interview. That was so much fun. I hope you guys got a lot out of that interview. And of course, that interview was brought to you by Get Shit Done Coffee, as well as Throttle Time Pieces, Guts Racing USA, Guts Racing Inc. on Instagram, as well as Phoenix Handlebars. Phoenix Handlebars makes fitting your bike with brand new bars more simple 
and they make great product. You need to go check them out, including Garrett Rockley, who's currently watching on the Instagram Live. So 250 class, uh, we're not going to get too far into this before talking about Michael Mosman, who's got all of the stories. He's like the guy... He just spins the yarns in the press conferences. If you haven't watched those yet, please go do so. It's absolutely amazing to do. Yeah, uh, it's all good, Jake. I'm, I'm doing Instagram Live and I'm doing uh, I'm doing a podcast. So for those who are listening on the podcast, they're probably like uh, one eyebrow one raised to this, but I'm trying to do some, a little something different. Um, but uh, uh, yes, uh, Marcus, it is too soon to say that uh, Anderson is our 2022 champ, although he does look good through. He's probably he's looked the best through three races consistently over the all. Uh, everyone in the 450 class, like he has looked like he could win all three races. Can't say the same about um, either, like the the rest of the guys. I guess Anderson, or you could say that about Chase for Anaheim one and San Diego. Obviously, won San Diego. Um, but, uh, let's talk two fifties here. Mosman gets the win. He's excited about it. The guy, the kid is an absolute, uh, cartoon character when he goes to the press conferences. You need to check these out. This is like absolute comical. Um, but, uh, good on him. Finally, like he, like everyone was doubting if he's got the consistency to do it the entire race and he was able to get it done and, and hats off to him. I think that, uh, that was huge for him. I think that you're going to see more of that in the future. And that's one more guy that could possibly, uh, like make this championship a little bit more interesting. Unfortunately, the first turn pileup was an absolute clown show. And I was actually surprised that this race did not get uh, red flagged because just like, just with everybody going down people smashing into each other. There was bikes everywhere. There was oil getting spilled onto Christian Craig's bike. But regardless, Christian Craig passed all but two guys and he is the class of the field. Like, uh, Hunter Lawrence can be as frustrated as he wants about getting second again. Um, the reality is, is that he only gained two points on Christian Craig. Mosman only gained five points on Christian Craig. And this championship is his for the taking. He's got a six-point lead. Uh, if that's his worst night of the year, holy crap. Like this, like, and now the pressure is off of having to go, go perfect on this season. Where is he going to slip up? He had his one bad night. I don't think it's going to get any worse for him than that. Shout out to Mark Pardusky for checking in on the uh, Instagram live. He's probably making me beef jerky right now and or getting his kid to, uh, to be more mechanically inclined than I am because uh, he's better with tools than I am. Also in a world-class welder. If you're not following Bulletproof Metalworks on Instagram, you're missing out. Uh, his, girl, his wife is actually pretty good looking as well. So um, other things of note, yeah, like I said, like Hunter Lawrence is really upset or he was very frustrated by not winning that race. Um, and I, I don't blame him. I think he, he, I know that Hunter Lawrence feels like he should be at the front of this pack. And I agree. Yeah. Like he's, he's a world-class talent. He should be leading these races. He's 22 years old, uh, in the, in the 250 class. Like it's time to, to rattle off some wins and get shit done, uh, with get shit done coffee. Um, but uh, Big MX Radio saves you 20% um, at checkout. But honestly, like, it, he hasn't had the speed to catch the leaders. Like, I guess he, he should have probably, he, he had the speed this weekend. And that's maybe what he was most fr uh, fr frustrated about is, is that this one really slipped through his fingers. Um, but when push comes to shove, he's at best the second best guy in this, in this championship. And I don't expect uh, anything else. 
Uh, I think that Christian Craig it will continue to have more success. This is as West Coast as a West Coast Supercross series has ever been. All these all these races right in the state of California. Um, three Anaheim's, a San Diego, and uh, and an Oakland combined with Phoenix, which is basically the same soil as Southern California as far as the stadium is considered. Like call it three A, call it six A ones. It's it's all the exact same sort of layout. They're all baseball stadiums except for Phoenix, uh, which I think Christian really uh, excels at. I like you can you can pencil him in for a few more wins, and uh, um, you can also pencil in Dylan Walsh for some more amazing starts. If you're playing Pulpamex Fantasy and you haven't picked Dylan Walsh yet, do yourself a favor and get on the train because that guy. Uh, did did great for me as well as Derek Kelly did great for me as well. They basically carried. They must their backs must be sore from carrying my Pulpamex fantasy team this weekend. Those guys were awesome. Great to see from from, from both those guys. Good signs from um, Carson Mumford. He looked good in practice. He looked good in the heat race. He looked good in the main event. Didn't finish the job, but still fantastic. Big MX Radio Instagram uh, live where the the show that the, the pros. Watch David Pulley now watching on um, on Instagram Live. Shout out to David making it into the night show. Great showing. He's he's improving every single week. Uh, should definitely catch up with David. Had him on the podcast years ago. It's been too long. We got to get that kid on um, on the on the program as well as uh, you can. You can I think you can also sign up to work with David uh, through the Collective Experience. So check that out. The Collective EX on Instagram. Um, last note, Garrett Marchbanks. Honestly, I was have this is sort of my um, like dark horse pick to actually win this race. Uh, he he's strong. He's fast. He's good in the whoops. Uh, and I think if if not for um, I think if, if not for a bike issue, there's a good chance that he ends up third in this race. I think he's the only guy that would have been able to race away from Christian Craig. Um, but he had that bike issue, had to pull off. He also looked like he was de- dealing with a little bit of a physical ailment. We'll see what was going on with that. Thanks for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. I hope that you're following on Instagram, Big MX Radio on Instagram, as well as Brad Gebhardt, 88. I hope you're playing Big MX Radio Trivia, which is your way to win prizes. We're doing monthly prizes. We're trying our best to make that weekly prizes. Uh, we, we need to work a little harder on that, as well as we have something exciting uh, coming out down uh, later on this week on Instagram. So please follow at Big MX Radio on Instagram. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. They're fun to do. And uh, I do these so that you guys have something extra to listen to. Wednesday mornings is when all the podcasts drop. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would really love if you would spend the time to share it on Instagram. Share it on your story. Send me a like-minded individual who might love motocross podcasts as well. That would be fantastic. And continue to grow this community. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. And have yourself a great rest of your day.